Welcome to episode 98 of Talking Mopars. Today's episode is a replay of the Monday Night Live show from Facebook. I thought I was going to have to hold the show up all by my lonesome self, but my friend Matt, also known as at Side Road on Instagram, that's at S-I-D-E underscore Road, R-H-O-D-E as in Rhode Island. Be sure to give him a follow at Side Road. He jumped on the live and we basically did an impromptu direct connections episode. It was fun as always, and I look forward to having Matt on the show again sooner rather than later. So remember, once again, give him a follow on Instagram at S-I-D-E underscore R-H-O-D-E at Side Road on Instagram. Before we get the show on the road, I wanted to remind you of two events in September that I will be covering live and in the flesh. The first one is Muscle Cars at the Strip at Las Vegas Motor Speedway on September 10th and 11th, and Holly's second annual Mo Party September 17th through the 19th at Beach Bend Raceway Park in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Both events are going to be a blast, and I look forward to meeting some of you and, of course, joining in on all the Mopar festivities. For more information about Muscle Cars at the Strip, you can visit M-A-T-S-L-V.com. And for Holly's Mo Party, you can visit MoParty.com. I hope to catch you there and talk Mopars with you in person. You guys know how much I love these live episodes. They are always a good time because I enjoy talking Mopars with my fellow Mopar enthusiasts more than I enjoy talking to myself. So without further ado, if you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth. And I am your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter. And this is Talking Mopars Live. You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter, your direct connection to all things Mopar. We've got Side Road in the chat. Hold on a second, Matt. Let me get, uh, let me get out of here. Let's do this. We're going to bring Matt, a.k.a. Side Road, into the chat here. Matt is a hell of an artist. Matt, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. How is it sound? You sound great, man. Welcome. Good. It's good to finally talk to you face-to-face. -face. I know, it's been a while. Yeah. So, uh... We're going to do this like uh, I do normal interviews, man. Tell us a little bit about you, you know, what you're about, what you're into, and obviously what kind of Mopar you got. So, I mean, Mopars is life, right? I mean, yeah. that's how I grew up. Yes, sir. The, um, I currently have a 69 uh, Dark Swinger. That was nice. my father's car. So, Oh, really? Yeah, he, he unfortunately is no longer with us. Okay. But, uh, but definitely stayed in the family we weren't letting go of that so uh how long has it been in the family uh we bought that in 2001 wow wow that's a long time 20 years yep yeah so that's been a fun project but like i said i grew up and like mopars were everything so nice started basically with my grandfather he was like okay. all about him uh it's actually i mean i kind of owe my existence to mopars yeah yeah, um, my grandfather, when he was kind of, you know, young buck, driving around in his 30s, Plymouth, bumped, bumped <laughs> into uh, my, what now would have been like my great, great uncle. So they they hit it off. They actually had the same identical Plymouth. Oh, wow. And that's how he went over 
met his uh his sister and then ended up uh they dated yeah so everything started and the rest is history that's (laughs) cool man what uh what kind of Mopars uh, were in your family growing up? Or is the dart like the first one your dad brought home? I, I don't imagine. <laughs> no, no. I mean, my, my grandfather, when I was a kid, he uh, his kind of Mopar muscle story started with uh, a 60s, uh, 60, the, the most famous one, I would say it was a 69 Carnet RT. Okay. That he bought, yeah. his, you know, the, the traditional green, triple green. Okay. Yes, I love the, triple uh, green. <laughs> the uh, the white stripe around the back. Okay. Yeah. Forty everything. You know. Awesome. That actually uh, that got stolen and stripped in '69. Oh. Yeah. Man. So they pulled the motor. Uh, I think my aunt found it, or saw it. God. You know, like later that that week. Wow. Um, so he ended up uh, with the insurance money. Okay. He ordered a '70 Charger RT. Okay. SC package. All right. All right. Yeah. B five blue. He he knew what he was doing. Yeah, that's a middle finger to the people. Okay, you you're gonna steal my shit. I'm gonna come back with something even better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, so he was he was big into it. I mean, my dad basically had all Mopars growing up, and uh, you know, the first one I remember as a kid, he had a '69 uh, Formula S convertible. Oh wow! Awesome. Would it have like 340 in it? Uh, that actually, at the time, had a 318 in it. Oh, okay. So, I mean, it, you know, got blown up. Oh, okay. It, so, uh, when I was a kid, it had a 318 by then. But uh, those are rare cars. The convertibles were like, it's like one of 83 or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I, w- I would have been surprised if it was a 340 or got, got a 383 or something. That would have been insane. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, it, it, it was supposed to be the 340, but, you know. Yeah, sure. Uh, back, back in the 80s, it was like, you know, blow it up, throw something else in. Sure. Um, when you got the dart back in 01, what kind of shape was it in? Oh, it was it was pretty much a fairly new resto. It was like done okay. in the 90s sometime. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, the car's numbers matching. Oh, wow. So you guys didn't have to do much to it? Just cruise it around or what? Uh, we swapped out. The, it had some kind of like bogus different Mopar interior in it. Oh, okay. it, wasn't, it wasn't right for the car. We ended up finding like a, a full, full black interior for it, which is nice. correct for it. Yeah. You know, it was, uh... <laughs> a bodies are one of those cars where it's like, <laughs> you always see mismatched <laughs> interiors in those things. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. funny. So that was, that was the big, the big, uh, the family, family hot rod was the dart, but my dad had a 79 Chrysler 300. Oh, T-top, cool. T-top car. Yeah. 80 Aspen. Uh, what else? I mean, before that, his first car was like a 60, 65 Fury Wagon. With oh, a wow. In it. Cool. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, those Aspens don't get enough love. I, I like those things. I yeah, think they're cool. Those in like... my, my first car. And I oh, really? A, yeah, I ended up with a uh, 72 uh, Plymouth Scamp. Oh, cool. Car. Hey, man, I, I wish I could have started off with this camp. <laughs> Unfortunately, I wasn't that lucky. So tell us uh, how you got into design work. Matt, he's a killer designer. Now, I've always tried to design stuff, but I'm such an amateur at it. Like, it takes me a <laughs> week or two to make a design. And a lot of, funny enough, a lot of the designs that I've done, 
started off on my phone with a cool picture that I saw or something. I was like, all right, how can I digitize this? And, uh, but some people just have the talent, Matt, tell us how you got into design work. I honestly started, I mean, I went to school, you know, stayed fairly local, but like mm -hmm. I went into college basically thinking I was going to be like a, you know, high school teacher. Like oh, really? <laughs> yeah. That was like my, I was, you know, I wanted to, you know, change the world. Sure. <laughs> so, um, ended up you know one of my friends he was he's i mean still is uh awesome uh graphic designer just okay. in general his his style is like he just has it um but he he wasn't so much into the car thing but me you know i'm like well how can i photoshop this so it you know, <laughs> yeah. i want on this so yeah. that's what kind of started it to be honest it was like right I can change this change the color do this add whatever wow and, uh that kind of, and then I started taking classes, ended up switching my major. Cool. Got like just fully into the graphic design thing. So that's awesome, man. Um, yeah, I, I saw the work you did for Johnny Mopar and I thought it was cool. Um, and then you reached out to me and offered me, uh, something I couldn't refuse. And I can't wait to, I can't wait to see the completed project. That's yep. going to be, that's going to be a lot of fun, man. I appreciate, I appreciate you doing that because, yeah, uh, I'm one of those guys where I'm like, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's work on something. And then I just get caught up and stuff. And, uh, you, you were, you were smart in getting a little something done going, Hey, this is what I'm working on. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> You're a good salesman, Matt. I like hey, it. <laughs> I was like, you know what? It, it definitely was on my mind too. And yeah. it was, again, like you said, you have a vision and you're like, yeah, let's mm. do this. And you just keep like pushing it further and further. I mean, especially with everything else going on in the world. Like, oh yeah, sure. Yeah, it's crazy. I was I was actually looking at because it's been a while since I've done a design, and I was looking at the Mister Norm truck, and I was like, "Gosh, that's going to be a pain," and because I'm not good, <laughs> you know what I mean. I was like, "That is going to be a pain to do the lettering," and so I was like, I was actually dreading it, so I was putting it on the back burner. So um, I think I told you that I had this huge plan to release a new shirt every month from a different designer, but I mean, it's like tattoos you know, yep. good, good work is not cheap and cheap work is not necessarily good. <laughs> yeah, so you. you gotta be careful with that kind of stuff. But man, yeah, your designs are, your designs are awesome. I've been lucky enough in doing this kind of stuff that, uh, I've met a lot of cool designers. Um, the guy who I bought the truck from Murray, he's a friggin', he does uh, really yeah, badass renderings. Some of his stuff. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's nasty. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, people with that vision, man, like, it's crazy. I wish I had artistic vision like that. Every once in a while, I'll get an idea or something. But, and it's tough these days because you put some, you put a design on like, I have some designs on Amazon and things like that. And you get these third world people that come in and just steal your work. It's like, gosh, I can't believe it. Like when I first started uh, the Mopar Hunter, I had a couple t-shirt designs that may or may not have crossed the trademark infringing line. Uh, before I really knew anything about the laws involved yeah, in that. Yeah. So I was like, Oh God. So I, once somebody said, Hey man, you might want to look into the trademark laws. I was like, yeah, no kidding. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> so I, I pulled some stuff down and I like, I, <laughs> if you search on Google, a couple keywords relating to what I do, um, shirts will pop up that are so bad that God, I hope, I hope they don't think I'm involved. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, who is selling that and who would buy it? You know what I mean? Cause it's like, it's got some Warner brothers stuff on it. <laughs> it's like not good. So, yeah, no, um, a, there's some stuff out there. 
Yeah, so, it's I don't know how a lot of those guys get away with it. It's it's crazy that they're, you know, because I, I have designs pulled that it's just in the key words that I use. Like you can't even use the word Mopar or the word no, Dodge. No. So like some of my stuff, I've been able to, you know, game the system a little bit, not in a malicious way, but um, it's just crazy what I've seen out there. And I'm like, how how are these still up? You know, they got the Mopar logo, no registered trademark uh yeah, on it i'm like god <laughs> some people just don't care they'll, yeah. they'll make money until they get in trouble then, then yeah. they'll figure it out after yeah but, no kidding so what are your plans uh with the dart just kind of cruise it around or what uh well right now i kind of ran into you know some wiring fun like uh, oh yeah yeah oh so, yeah that was fun Probably. yeah what's what's going on with that honestly i mean the wiring harnesses are you know not cheap so oh no and I just bought a house, so. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's one of those things with Mopars with the wiring. It's like, okay, do you go with the OE stuff because you can get it, and it's yeah. not cheap, or do you go with like everybody? Every time wiring gets brought up, everybody brings up like painless, and like I did on my blue truck, I did the quick wire kit, and it's all really. I just don't know how I feel about it. You know, I, I like original stuff. You know what yeah. I mean? But it, you know, it's it's a widely debated topic, but. You know, some people swear by the original stuff. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, you get, you know, a bunch of a bunch of shoddy electrical work in there. Of course, it's going to not work right. (laughs) You know what I mean? But that's uh, it's it's tough with with the wiring stuff, because, I mean, I know that car. It's, you know, 50, what, 52 years old on the wiring. It's like, (laughs) you know, it's going to be dry rotted, cracked and. Oh, yeah. Something's off. So uh, but I think. I think I'm going to end up going with the uh, American Auto Wire. Okay. Kit. I mean, it's it ends up swapping over. I believe the alternator goes. It's like a GM style. Or the HEI or whatever. It, yeah, it, it just uh, it swaps it to like one wire instead of yeah you know, going through like every yeah like, how it charges through the dash and all that. It like kind of bypasses that. That's uh. <laughs> In the tin grill world, everybody says, "Oh, do the one wire, one wire uh, setup because it's you know if you you're out on the road going to a show or something and you happen to break down, guaranteed any local auto parts store will have what you need. Guaranteed. Yep. I mean, I've been to some parts stores where you know you got some younger guys that may not know much about the older stuff, so you ask them about a ballast resistor, and they're like." And they give you that weird look, and then they just start typing. It's like, yeah, you better start typing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah no, um, that's one you, you just keep a spare in the the glove box. <laughs> yeah, with tin girl trucks, man, it, it, wiring is one of those things because that bulkhead, that damn bulkhead connector, man, God, they get so bad. Yeah. Um, I found I found uh, a wiring harness for the Mister Norm truck after I burned up the wiring in it. And the only thing I don't like about it is that the bulkhead connector is white and the original ones are black. So it sticks out like a sore thumb. But at this point it's like, all right, well, at least I know it's solid. You know what I mean? This is a small, small little detail that I guess I can look past. But ideally when I get the Hemi in there, I would like to just wire tuck everything. I don't want to see any, I want it to look clean in there. Um, But uh, that's easier said than done because wiring is not my strong suit. I will be the first to admit that. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's why I'm kind of just like taking my time getting that started because I know once I dig into it, 
it's going to be just a time consuming project. It is, man. I, uh, I made the mistake of going, Oh, I can do a little bit at a time. And while I did do a little bit at a time, it would have been so much easier just to set aside two full days and just go, okay, I'm going to go out into the garage. Don't bother me wife. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm just going to work on this wiring because I kept doing two hours here, three hours there, half hour here. And it just got to the point where I was like, how long is this? It was sitting in the garage for far too long. And then I do the pod. I did the podcast and I just got in over my head with my projects. And that's why I had to hawk everything and just start fresh, which I really didn't want to do. But in hindsight, looking back, I'm like, well, it was worth it because I got the truck that I've been after for so long. <laughs> it yeah, made it worth it for me. That, um, uh, you, you landed where I think you need to be. Yeah, it, it's tough for me because I. I'm not one of those people that's, uh, oh, built, not bought. You know what I mean? You get that argument a lot. And that, yeah, I totally understand. I mean, I, I've bought half done projects before and it's never a good sign. And then there's a, the whole stigma of, oh, well, you didn't build it, blah, blah, blah. I, I'm sorry that I fell in love with the Mr. Norm truck. I couldn't have, I couldn't have dreamt up a design um, that hit it so well. So I, I don't feel bad at all. And I have no problems telling people when they ask me who did the letter, I tell them everything <laughs> like, Hey, yeah. it wasn't me. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Thankfully, I know enough about the truck where it's not like, Oh, I just bought it and I know nothing about it. Thankfully I'm friends with the uh, guy who built it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, no, I mean, I remember when you first posted that and I love that thing. Yeah. yeah. There's just said, when you something ever about said it. that you ended up with it. I, I was like, <laughs> yep. That makes yeah. perfect sense. <laughs> It's uh, gosh, I'm, I'm glad I did. Uh, the guy who sold me my van, um, had a, I forget the year it was either 77 or 78, um, adventure truck. And it had, uh, it was in good shape and he was going to sell that to me. And I saw a picture of the van or I saw one of the pictures. I saw the fender of the van and I was like, what's up with the van? And I was trying to work out like a package deal. And right before I pulled the trigger, and said, all right, let's make this happen. I remembered, I was like, man, I always said if I had the money, I would try to buy that truck again once and for all. I'm going to give it one last go. And I had to track down the owner. I'm sure you've heard this story. I've talked about it many times. Yeah. But uh, God, <laughs> I am, I, I paid. <laughs> I paid for that. You know, when it, he had me by the balls. But um, I have zero regrets because that truck, just every time I drive it, even when it was about to burn down to the ground, I I was pleading with it. Please, God, don't burn out of the ground. Yeah, <laughs> no, please. God, yeah, yeah. I know the feeling. <laughs> I was ready to pop the hood and pee on it if it came down to it. I was like, I, I will do whatever it takes to put this fire out. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I mean, that was me. When I, when I, all I did was on my lunch break from work, I was like, you know what? I was working from home that day. I was like, let me just, I'm just going to go to the gas station quick. Gas it up, fresh gas, go for a ride later. As I'm out, the car's kind of like, you know, you, you're driving the car and it doesn't seem like it has, like, it's not idling the mm. same. You're just kind of like something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got back to my house. As soon as I pull, put it in reverse, the car just died right in the middle of the road. Oh, God. I was like, what the hell? So I kind of, like, let it coast. Into, I actually, you know, we were cool with the neighbors. So I, I let it, like, coast into their driveway. I was like, oh, I'm, you know, maybe the alternator is just not charging or whatever. Let me just like grab my other car, jump it. Luckily, I was there, you know. Yeah, no kidding. So 
pop the hood, start hooking up the cables. Before I could even get the cables on the car, I had I just happened to glance up and all I saw was white smoke just billowing out of the speaker hole. Oh dash. god. And I was like, oh god, oh god. I ripped the battery cables off with my bare hands just as fat like as fast as I could. I just ripped them right off. Yeah. I, yeah. I, if I, I kid you not, if I waited any longer than what happened, like at the time that passed, I, I would have been just probably crying at that Oh point. yeah. Oh sure. Scary. Yeah. Anytime like, I went and bought a fire extinguisher. I got a fire extinguisher in that truck now. But uh wiring, I just especially with the old stuff, it's like especially if it has ever been tampered with. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is yours has yours been tampered with at all or is it all factory original? It's pretty factory. Like I said, okay. it, it it seems like it was just just old. Know, just old and dryer. Sure. Yeah, I would advise anybody out there with an old Mopar, whether or not it's original wiring or somebody's been messing with it and it's a rat's nest, check it. If it if it has been messed with, for the love of God, go through the wiring and make sure that everything is done right. Good crimps. You know, some of the wiring on some of these old Mopars, you look at it like, geez. Like, I've seen some that are like, you know, 20-year-old restorations or whatever, and they look good. The cars look good, and then they, it has an underhood shot, and you're looking at it like, oh, man, what is going on here? You know, they didn't even bother to take that garbage plastic loom and just make it look pretty. They just, I'm just, yeah. some of that wiring I've seen, I'm like, you know, and I'm judging, and I couldn't do a much better job. <laughs> I got I to gotta go wire by wire with, with my stuff, or else uh, it'll be just as bad. <laughs> yeah, but when you're done, you know it's fine. Yeah. That's the difference. Some people yeah. just like throw it together, throw some wire nuts on it, and they don't care. Yeah, I uh, don't do that. I have to. I have to know. I need the peace of mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because uh, I don't like driving old stuff and being worried about it all the time. You know, and yeah. for for a while there, the Mister Norm truck, I was pretty confident because the wiring was pretty close to original. There was a couple little things, but um, anything that looked sketchy, I replaced. So I was like, all right. And I felt pretty confident when it was running and nothing was getting too hot or anything crazy. And I had the gauge cluster restored. I really had no worries. And then on the way home that night smelling, I was like, oh no. And I, I really do think um, it was either the voltage regulator that went out or the uh, alternator decided to start backfeeding or something. I'm not quite sure, but I replaced both of them. So far, everything's good. Knock on wood. <laughs> nothing yeah. bad happens. But uh, yeah, wiring, man. Whew. I would rather deal with any other part of the car than a uh, wiring issue, especially if it's something that's, you know, hard to track down. But with the old Mopars, it's all relatively easy. You know, if you're having a certain problem, it's like, okay, well, you can pretty much track it down for the most part. Um, but then you like, I've jumped on some of the forums and read some of the electrical issues that people have. And I'm just like, God, that would be a nightmare because some of the electrical gremlins are just so weird. It's like that is that's weird. <laughs> yeah, the um, I want to say the the hardest part probably about the wiring is that that's a factory AC car. Oh, so they don't make the AC section of it. You still have all the terminals and stuff, like the uh, the little plastic connectors. Yeah, everything's you know everything's there just. So you'll be you'll be able to well if you're if you're gonna auto wire it you should be okay, but if if you're going OE you just have to 
you know, try to find some wiring that looks somewhat original. Yeah. Um, but, you know, unless you're going for a concourse restoration, I, I advise anybody to, you know, the only reason why I didn't rewire the whole truck right now is I just needed to get it back up and going. And I thought to myself that the easiest way to do it is just to do plug and play. Yep. And that's pretty much what it was. So <clears throat> that, that'll work until I put the Hemi in it and figure out what I want to do for a wiring harness. Because the aftermarket harnesses, some of them are really, really made for people like me. <laughs> they give you a color-coded diagram. Everything's got the label on it. So it's like, you know, it's idiot-proof. And I know that because I, when I rewired my old truck and I sold it before it was done, all I had was the engine wired. And the guy who bought it, I asked him because I was worried about it. I was like, uh, he's probably going to go through that and be like, what the hell did this guy do? Because I've never rewired a car. And uh, he told me I only had one bad crimp. And I was like, okay. Because <laughs> I, I crimped a lot of it because I, I didn't want to solder everything because I was afraid that if I screwed it up, I, I would have wasted time soldering. So I figured if I got it running, then I knew I could go wire by wire and solder each one. Um, but I, I didn't have to, I guess. <laughs> So, but now that truck's for sale. So I sell the dart that ends up for sale. And then I sell my blue truck. Um, the guy who got it from me did the interior, fixed the bad stuff on the suspension. And now it's up for sale again. And I was like, ugh, cause I, I would have loved to buy it back. Cause he did everything that I pretty much wanted to do to it. And now it's in decent condition, ready to go. And I'm like, oh man, unfortunately I'm a little knee deep in Mopar stuff right now. That's the way the gun. That's I'm the way the game goes. Trying to, trying to get a new daily. Yeah. Everything's so nuts right now. Like I, I don't even. I don't even know where I want to start. I'm I'm seriously like just looking at like, you know, you know 99 Dakotas. Sure. Yeah. I, I'd <laughs> love a, I'd love an RT. But. Oh man, I, that's one of the Mopar trucks that I would love to have a, a cool little 360 RT. That would be fun. Yep. Um, I, there's something, I don't know, man. I love those little trucks. Uh, they're so hard to find and they're expensive, man. God, you can find them with a 150 plus thousand miles on it around here. Anyway, they still go for five plus thousand dollars. And some of them are just ratty shit boxes. It's like, geez, seriously. But, no, I mean, everything around here for like, you know, I would say average price for like something that's like got maybe a hundred and forty thousand miles is like six grand. God, and it's you're like, over there, Rhode yeah. Island. <laughs> so yeah. I'm sure the rust issues are pretty gnarly over there, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, you can tell what what cars and trucks were garaged and. Oh yeah. How's the how's the rust on the dart? Is it pretty good? You said it was an older restoration. Yeah, I mean, uh, it has probably. I mean, the quarters are starting to bubble now. Okay. The um, and back then it wasn't that you couldn't buy a full quarter. <laughs> yeah, and sure. Basically, just laid it over and you know made it look as best as you could. Sure. The rest of those back then weren't you know what they are now. Yeah. But um, yeah, between that, I think there's a spot like on the floor that probably should get addressed. But everything else is pretty solid. I mean, the, the car's nice. there. So. That's good. Yeah, I'm assuming you garage it or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Yep. Yeah, those East Coast cars, man. I've seen some projects for sale over there. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> like, they are gnarly over there. <laughs> yeah, and they, they 
still go for the money though. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I keep I keep hearing from certain people. I'm sure they're going to be listening to this or like, oh, I can't believe people would pay twenty thousand dollars for a ratty charger that needs everything. And they're telling me they're getting running and driving decent driver quality chargers for like fifteen grand. I'm like, show me, show me one. <laughs> Trust me, when I had a pocketful of cash earlier this year, I was looking and I could not find one. It's yeah. one of those you need to know somebody who knows somebody or something, and I don't know those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> um, and all the people that do like keep those cards close to the chest, you know, what I mean, they're like, uh, yeah. I'll uh, go ahead and pick that up from you when I have the money. <laughs> I'm not going to tell anybody about it. <laughs> Let's. Uh, did you did you see that van that I was just looking at before you jumped on? Oh, the blue one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's. It's clean, but gosh, twelve thousand for a van. That's. I guess we're getting into that. Uh, we're getting into that territory with the vans now that they're getting more popular. It's insane. Yeah. Well, that, that's crazy. I mean, all the all the like eighties, eighties, late seventies Rams, like Ram charges, <laughs> whatever. It's all going for like twenty if it's clean around here. You know, yeah. between fifteen and twenty. Those for uh, another another little era that is getting insane are those first generation diesels. Those things are unbelievable. You can't find a clean one around here in the Northwest for less than 20,000. It yeah. is insane. I'm like, that is crazy. Some of them are really clean, have low mileage and stuff, not even broken in yet. hundred thousand miles. Like, geez, but, uh, the amount of money that they're going for, uh, you know, there's people out there that are just scouring the classifieds in like Iowa and Nebraska, just waiting for that old farm truck. That's still really clean (laughs) to pop up for sale. They'll go buy it and then flip it. (laughs) Yeah. Things are, uh, things are getting crazy. I didn't think I would see vans get as expensive as some of the ones I've been seeing. I know that there's guys that have kept their vans forever. So they're pulling them out of the garage going to, Oh, you know, they're trying to capitalize. I've seen some go for like 20, 30 grand. It's like, Whoa. Wow. They're not that popular yet, <laughs> but we'll see. You, uh, a friend of a friend kind of has a, uh, it's like a, a green um, Plymouth van. Oh, really? It's like a, I want to say it's like a 77. Cool. I think yeah, that, nuts. that would be the, the hood scoop and everything. Like, oh, yeah. I'll have to send you a photo. Yeah, the Plymouth Voyager vans, they're rare. I like I like seeing them. I saw a grill on eBay. Gosh, how long ago was that? It was a while ago, but it was like pretty much NOS condition. And that thing was going up for over a grand. I was like, oh my God. It yeah, it's insane. What do you think about the vans coming back? Do you think uh that it's just like a flash in the pan or what? I don't know. I mean, I feel like uh, lately everybody just wants to go back to like off the grid. So, <laughs> some of us do anyway. So I sure. Mean, honestly, I, I think I mean, it's going to be a wave, and then I, yeah. I think we'll kind of level out again. But I think for now, I mean, people are, you know, into it. It's different. It's, you know, the people who haven't seen those things, yeah, are like actually like discovering them. <laughs> so I feel like that's part of it. Is that, and then you know, you get the other guys like you know, probably around our age that are just like, I remember seeing those when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I'll pick that one up that I that's been sitting, you know, sure, a few miles away. But I don't know. I, I feel like that's going to be a wave. I think I I think so too. 
we'll see. I just, I hope that it, part of me is like, I really hope it comes back, but then I'm like, well, then everything's going to go up in price. And it's kind of like, a, you know, you outweigh, do you want them to go up in price, but have more parts availability? Because, you know, maybe, maybe some of these companies are go, oh, vans are back. Let's start reproducing some of the stuff that we had in the seventies. You know, for somebody like me, that's trying to build a van, that would be great because some of these parts that I'm finding that are like unused, like you go on eBay and look at some of these porthole bubble windows. Insane. The prices are absolutely insane. Yeah. yeah. But, um, it's you know, it, even like going back to the grills, some guy in my town listed one for a uh, 70, 77, 78, uh, like you know ram yeah you know d100 d150 whatever he um it was clean like no dents dings i was like oh my god i gotta hop on this it was 50 bucks <laughs> oh my god yeah, yeah. Was, that's a deal by the time i messaged the guy it was gone i'm like yeah i never oh, yeah. saw that coming oh yeah i <laughs> offer up was like my little my little honey hole for a minute i was finding deals on stuff on offer up i was like wow like Edelbrock intakes for 50 bucks. Like the ones I've been seeing around here are still like 150, 200 bucks. I'm like, it's used. <laughs> you know, like God, and I got, I got an Edelbrock intake for 50 bucks and I've seen some grills, some tin grills. Um, it's crazy. Center consoles for a bodies. I didn't realize how crazy those are getting in price. <laughs> Cause I picked, I remember I saw one ad, I believe it was a Craigslist ad. <laughs> really crappy pictures too. So you either get lucky with an ad with crappy pictures or you get really unlucky. So this guy posts a picture and he's got two a body center consoles just posted up <laughs> against the either a car or a wall in his garage. But it was like center consoles, a body 60 bucks. I was like, Oh, so I immediately I got a hold of him. I was like, I'll come get him right now. And he's like, okay. So I drove down to Seattle, got them up. I remember on my way home, I was just like, I cannot believe I just bought these for 60 bucks. And then I sell them for like 150 or 200 because I, I was going to, I was going to try to make one good one out of the two. And I ended up not getting around to them, selling them for 150 bucks a piece. And the people that bought them were like, this is a great deal. And I'm like, yeah, sure. I was expecting people to haggle with me. And then I'm hearing these stories like, Matt from Big Blocks Garage, that guy just bought a center console and he told me how much he paid for it. And I was like, man, I was given, I was practically giving them away, even though I got them for cheap. <laughs> like, yeah, it's yeah. insane. So now I'm now every time I see a cheap A body console, I'm gonna start uh I'm gonna start buying them back. <laughs> start getting them. See if I can yeah. make a little bit of cash to fund my projects. Even going back to like some of the Aspen stuff, like you saying those don't get enough love. It's like, yeah, because I mean, there's no aftermarket no. parts. So I'm I'm looking and it's like, especially the eighty, which is like it's literally one year. Yeah, it, it's you can't find anything. I was just looking. I stumbled on one thing because you know you start reminiscing about when you're a kid and you look up the car that you ever. Sure. And, uh, you know, I I saw a grill. The new old stock grill. I mean, new old mm. stock is nuts anyway. But yeah, the fact that it was for that car, it, it was some astronomical price, and I'm like, no one's gonna pay that unless they have, <laughs> you know, a low miles one, and it's like just got like the grill busted out of it. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, they're just saving it for like you know, even 20 more years until it's like 
you know, they're trying to sell that for, you know, six figures. When, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's even more astronomical. But, yeah. yeah. Some of the, some parts in general. It's like just finding, it's almost like I look back at when I was a kid just picking, you know, whatever for the dart back in the day. <laughs> I'm like, if I went back and just snagged like a couple more things and just kept that for a rainy day and just held on to it for like, you know, 10 years, mm-hmm. 20 years, it, it, I would, you know, it, it's always hindsight's 2020, but sure. It's like you could sell it for like, you know, $500 for a part that you can get for like 10 bucks. Well, you know that there's those you see every once in a while pictures online or like uh, magazine articles where there's that one hoarder who's been hoarding Hemi parts and six pack parts for years. And everybody thought he was the crazy old man. He's got a barn full of those parts. And now he's just like these old things are, you know, to him, he bought them for so cheap that, you know, obviously they know the market now. But they're sitting on little miniature gold mines. <laughs> it's insane. Oh, I, I, I'm sure you're gonna hear somebody that like hoarded like you know the Shelby like two point twos. They got like, oh, a garage oh, yeah. full of them at home. That, like somebody's oh, holding yeah. on to. Or it's like oh I, yeah. Oh my grandfather bought this car. He used to work at a dealership. It, it's gonna be, that's gonna be the new story. Is like you know the 80s into the 90s. And yeah. Then, you know just oddball stuff. And then it's gonna be like, all right, well, yeah, well, he just had a bunch of extra parts in case he ever needed it. <laughs> had this car, had this car. It's like, oh yeah, he had a GLHS. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> oh okay. Yeah, he he uh, bought it as a commuter back in the eighties. It's just been sitting yeah. in the garage ever since. <laughs> yeah, his friend was too big for it, so he didn't get <laughs> yeah. it. Like, it's, you know, it's gonna be something like that. Oh but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of looking forward to those cars taking off a little bit too. Yeah, my dad, he, uh, I'll never forget that Daytona. So now every time I see one, I'm like, God, I, there's something about, I know they get a lot of hate, you know, especially from the like classic Mopar community, like the yeah. muscle car guys. I don't give a rat's ass. I love those things. <laughs> That's something that will never die in me. I love those cars. Yeah. My, my uncle's got a, a 87, 87 Shelby. Nice. So he, he's he bought that brand. He's the original owner. Oh, cool. Yeah. So he, he's kind of you know he he's one of those that like started parts gathering a little early. Yeah. I mean, he kind of saw it coming just based on everything you know. Smart he guy. Went through and everything else. So you know my my dad came from like a, a big family. So oh, okay. Like all of his brothers <laughs> had all cars too. I mean like. You know, he was a twin, so his twin brother had a, uh, I think when they were growing up, had like, it, it, first of all, that street was probably like a car show <laughs> back in the day, but, you know, and they were all about it, um, but he had like 300s, like, you know, 1970, oh, God. 69 <laughs> convertible cars, you know, they, they had a lot of C-body stuff too, but I mean, it was... I, I think my dad had like all Chrysler Newports with like four forties in them. Yeah. Like, all right. Well, yeah. I mean, I basically learned how to drive on the Aspen. That's awesome. That car <laughs> ended up getting wrecked. Ah. Uh, then, uh, and that, that was clean too. That that car was just, it was one like 
he had Kragers with uh, the BFGs on it. Okay, yeah. So it was like that brown color with cool. a Tanitaria four door. Nice. So uh, and on those, like for whatever reason, like the sands look just as cool. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like weird. But um, yeah, that, that was uh, that was a sweet ride. I mean, too bad that that got wrecked. But I ended up uh, driving the his three hundred. Oh yeah, seventy nine. <laughs> like that's awesome. because he had just gotten the dark too. Oh, that's like, cool. Around that time. So uh, he was like all about the dart. So I'm like, well, I can take the 300. Out. <laughs> and then, like, you know, I think I took that to like junior prom. That's cool. Like, yeah. Yeah. That, locally, um, God, when was it? A year or two ago, I saw an ad for an Aspen RT. And it was, I mean, from where I am right now, it's probably 10, maybe 15 minutes away from my house. It was buried in black, uh, buried in blackberry bushes for years. And they uncovered it because they were cleaning out the property. 400 bucks for this thing. And it, it was ratty and it had some rust juice. But I looked at it. I was like, 400 bucks. I'm going to get that thing running and I'm going to drive the hell out of it. You know, as long, as long as it wasn't a Flintstone mobile, which, you know, was buried in black blackberries in the Pacific Northwest. So I'm sure there was more rust issues that you couldn't see. But it was it was complete. Everything was there. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I've driven by it so many times. Didn't even... Didn't even think that there was a car buried in those blackberries and there was an Aspen RT buried. And uh, I, another one of my regrets is I waited. I waited until payday to reach out to the guy. I should have just reached it because it's like 400 bucks, dude. Come on, be a cheap ass. I've lost out on so many deals because I'm such a cheap ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that, that's one that's going to, I'm going to be sour about that one for a while. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I regret selling this camp every day. Like that's one of those cars. I mean, it was the thing was when I got it, it was like I think it had like seventy eight thousand miles on it. God. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. So I, I that car is local too. I, I think I think I know where it is, but like it just hasn't. Oh really? Been. I think somebody VH swapped it and oh, okay. just been tinkering with it, so it hasn't been like out. Mm. But I've, I've heard that it's like still local. <laughs> so i like to track that down one day god i wish some of the cars that my dad has had in the past were local i thought i saw his daytona one time at a gas station kind of again close to my house um i saw an old couple was in this black dodge daytona and it had uh the headlight covers like my dad had it had the louvers i swear to god it was my dad's old car and uh i was like oh i gotta chase him down and they took off and i couldn't keep up with them and you know, figures, right? The old man has a lead foot, but uh, I, I'm pretty sure that was my dad's car because I've never seen another one like it because it was black with the red pinstripe and just that the little dealer accessories that it had. I was like, that had to have been it. I, I regret to this day not just breaking the law and blowing through every light just to catch up to the guy. But uh, yeah, uh, I tried to hunt down my dad's van. No luck. I've reached out to every single van guy basically on the entire West Coast. I'm pretty sure that van got parted out or crushed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what, that's what happened all through that. Oh yeah. I, I keep hearing story like uh, some of the comments I see on some of my Facebook videos are like, man, I was crushing all sorts of, you know, and they talk about crushing all the Mopars and stuff. And it's like, yeah, of course you were. Cause you didn't know what they were going to be. I and mean, you can't really blame the people back then. You know, it sucks now looking back, but it's like, 
gosh, <laughs> you know. It, hey, it's, at, least, at least you weren't that guy that crushed his uh, his own charger because he was just stubborn. <laughs> at least you're not that guy. Episode one. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that, that was a rough one. Like, what, what are you thinking, dude? Like, yeah. Just wait. If you just wait a few more years, <laughs> if you're really not gonna let it go, but yeah, and, yeah, that, that hurt too. Because uh, you know, seventy chargers are like you know close to me because my grandfather. Sure. Uh, yeah, I mean that car was. I think it was beautiful. Uh, he when he passed away in the late nineties. Again, that was kind of like before everything like really blew up. Sure. So I ended up selling the car. Get guess how many miles that car had on. One gosh, sold sixty thousand less. Really, uh, forty thousand less. Thirty thousand. It had like thirty-three, thirty-four thousand miles on it. Oh my god! All original paint. <laughs> oh my god! It was it pretty a, solid? Even though it was no, an East Coast car. Thing was mint. God, garage it from like you know, you know, as soon as he could. Wow, and that was uh. So it had the SE package, RT car, um, V5 blue, black nice. vinyl top, black interior. Nice. The had the uh, the stripe on the side, like the pinstripe okay. one. Yeah. With a, a luggage rack. Really? Uh, see, sometimes luggage racks get hate, but that's just the time period. I I kind of like them. I kind of have a thing for if you them. Saw, if you saw the car, you'd be like, "All right." Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah. Hell but yeah. The, uh, yeah, that car was beautiful. And uh, yeah, so when that was sold, that, that was actually, I want to say in, I think it was like early 2000s, that car was in like the uh, Survivor tent at Carlisle. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, that low that low of mileage and that special of a car, yeah, those are the types of cars. Like, you see a lot, like, you, see, you can find a scamp, a Slant 6 scamp with low mileage. You know, every once in a while, they'll come across Craigslist or whatever for, you know, under 10 grand. It's like, whoa, that's crazy. It's hard to find those crazy cars for yeah. that cheap. You know what I mean? Yeah, the uh, that's one car. You know, if I hit the lottery, that's uh, <laughs> that's my that's going to be my car. Yeah, I. Uh, I dream about finding a low mileage saw it after Mopar, but nowadays it's just, it's too hard to get them for cheap, you know? Oh yeah. <clears throat> never happened now. But yeah, like you said, it's going to be somebody that's like, you know, a friend of a friend knows somebody's aunt who's, you know, <laughs> yeah. oh, I have this old car in the back somewhere. And then it's like, oh, I mean, by now it's like, all right, you know, kind of what you have, I'm sure. <laughs> but, you know, here's the hoping. <laughs> sometimes sometimes when i see like signs for estate sales or stuff like that i'm like there's got to be some people that have gotten lucky like let's go check out this estate sale and then in the garage is a car and they're like are you selling the car and they're like yeah we thought about it but <laughs> they get something crazy like yep. you know those stories exist <clears throat> oh, absolutely yeah I'll, I'll have to shoot you over a uh a picture of the charger yeah do it yeah that'd be cool yeah i think the funniest part is like just how like how particular my grandfather was with that <laughs> and like what he ordered and whatnot but he um i want to say that like 
he ordered the car, picked it up, I think it was like a week or, you know, maybe a month later. He's driving, saw a Hemi charger, made the dealer switch the wheels <laughs> to the rallies because he had the 14-inch uh, road wheels on it. Oh, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Wow! Basically, like oh, I want those, and the guys like look at him like he's crazy. He's like nobody's gonna buy a a seventy like Hemi Charger <laughs> with fourteens on it. Uh, so he's like, well, no, that's a you know that's what I want. So and back then, was, that was like the you know customers always right back then. So he, he ended up getting his way. Got the the fifteen inch rallies on there with the uh, the polyglass. Crazy dude. Yep. that's insane yeah i love hearing stories like that with the exception of it got sold <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. that's what do you do you know how much he let it go for um i actually don't okay no. it um, probably hurt to know <laughs> to be honest yeah I don't even want to know. <laughs> yeah yeah god yeah but i would uh i would imagine because it was you know like i said it was before the real like boom of like sure know, every auction ever but yeah. <laughs> now it would probably be like, you know, you probably just about a six figure car for that with the low oh, yeah. special. It's probably honestly oh, yeah. the package and how you ordered it, it was probably it's probably a one of one. God. Like, yeah, I wouldn't even doubt it. And and he said, uh, I guess he told my my dad like years later, he's like, I didn't realize at the time that they had swat they had switched to the hydraulic lifters and the hemi. Because you would have ordered a Hemi. Oh man, that, that would have like, been that would have been insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was the original owner. It probably still had the build sheet. <laughs> it probably had everything. He probably had the original invoice and stuff probably in the glove box. <laughs> yeah, I think I want to say Gosh. The one that was like not original on the car was it might have been the transmission because of back. I mean, it was like, hey, yeah, we got another one yeah. back there. We'll yeah, yeah, sure. So, I think that was the one thing on the whole car where it's like, all right, the casing for the transmission isn't the right year. So, <sighs> but everything else. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. I, I wish my dad, uh, <clears throat> I kind of wish my dad had something a lot crazier to talk about. Like, oh yeah, he had a super bird or something like that, but nothing that cool. But uh, no. that's why, that's why I love hearing those stories, but they always, only only few of them have the good endings where it's like, oh yeah, it's still in the garage. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember him telling me about just cars for sale back in the day. And it's like one of them was uh ended up in like a back page story of I don't know if it was in Mopar Collector's Guide or something or uh, <laughs> Mopar Muscle. It might have been uh I think it was Collector's Guide, but I'm not sure. But it was like just a brief little, you know. This was sold for this price, like crazy deal. <laughs> it was in my dad's hometown, and it was a a Superbird that just sat off to the side. <sighs> and my dad went by and asked this guy, like, literally, "Hey, I have cash. I'll buy it. How much do you want for it?" Kept asking the guy. One day he he went by and the car was gone. Oh no! And he's like, "Are you serious?" He ended up seeing the guy. The guy was like, "Oh yeah, we uh, we ended up selling it." He's like, "How much did you sell it for?" He's like, "Oh, like we sold it for like twenty two hundred bucks." 
Good God. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, I, I literally was like ready to go to the back and get the money in front of you. Oh God. And you wouldn't have sold it. And he was like, the guy was kind of a jerk about it, but. Oh, sure. And, and it was just funny because the car ended up just being like a little mention in one of the <clears throat> like magazines years later. And it was just like, really, that was the car and that guy ended up with it. Wow. That's insane. I wish I had a, I thought, I thought I was going to have a story like that with the little red Daytona <laughs> that was in the, that was in town. I was like, Oh, this guy, you know, he was a cool, he was a, he was an older black gentleman and uh my little joke and if, if you're uncomfortable with racial jokes this is where you go ahead and sign out but i thought oh I'm, i know it's nothing but a bunch of old white guys trying to buy this car maybe if i go in there and i'm a little brown i go in there maybe i got a leg up on them <laughs> you know what i mean but no such <laughs> luck no uh, such luck for me <laughs> but uh yeah th- that car's uh legendary locally um i'm trying to figure out what happened to it because i know the guy he moved but I don't. I've heard rumors that it's sitting in an apartment complex now. But I, uh, I'm a garbage man, and I am pretty sure if any of my coworkers saw that car sitting in an apartment complex, they'd probably be like, "Hey, Chris, <laughs> you know, there's this Charger. You know, one of those ugly ones with the big wing." <laughs> yeah, but uh, haven't haven't heard anything about it um, since it got moved. That was a that was a shock because it was almost it was like one of those crazy cars you could always count on seeing, you know. Oh, there's the Daytona. You know, he finally, for a long time, the tarp, the blue tarp that he had on it was basically just shreds, <laughs> yeah, and then like, eventually, yeah, it was. I mean, it was so tar- you could see the Daytona on the side. It's like, yeah, people knew what it was, and uh, he eventually got a new tarp for it and really wrapped it up good. I have pictures of it on my Instagram. <laughs> it's it's wrapped pretty decent. Um, but uh, yeah, gosh, I wish I knew where that car went. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, he, he told me he almost bought like a AAR Cuda. Oh, really? Again, it was like twenty five hundred bucks. He, he went back, car was gone. It was like <laughs> <laughs> he was always just like one one step behind the, the guy that like literally just carried probably three grand on him just for that reason. God, yeah. Um, if I ever have. The, I mean, in, in today's market, you got to have at least $20,000 in your pocket, it seems. Like, I, I to, I've told the story recently when I had that money. I went over to that 70 A66 Challenger. I had, I had 12 grand with the ability to go grab another five. And I was ready. I was ready to go. And he told me 30 grand and my heart sank. I was like, here I am thinking that I could drop $17,000 in this guy's lap and take this car off his hands. And uh, he hit me with 30 grand and he was high. He was high on that price, but uh, I was like, "Yeah, I, I guess I don't blame you." Because he's looking at me, probably like, hey, "If you got sixteen, or if you got seventeen, you got twenty. And if you got twenty, you could probably get thirty if you really tried." <laughs> so, but uh, yeah. that car's been there for so long; it's someday he'll let it go. But um, you never know. Probably not to me. Probably somebody else that goes there with twenty-five and says, "I got twenty-five right now." <laughs> That's just one of those situations. I. <clears throat> I can't believe some of the stories that I've been hearing about some of these epic barn finds um, that are still happening. People are still finding these hordes of cars and the owners, man, they're getting up there in age and eventually they're going to have to make some decisions. You know what I mean? Are you going to sell them while you're still alive 
or are you going to, you know, do an estate sale after you're gone? Your family's going to have to deal with that stuff. You might want to just sell them now because, you know, some of the families, I can't imagine all of them know enough about the cars to make sure they don't get burned. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see what happens with those because I, I know they're still out there. I there's got to be giant hordes that are just sitting there waiting to be discovered. And hopefully by the time they get out there, I will have a pocket full of cash, but <laughs> let's, uh, <clears throat> I appreciate you coming on, Matt. I wasn't really sure who was going to join me tonight, but it never fails. Somebody always comes through and today it was side road. <laughs> there we go. That's all I've been trying to get on for a, a bit. That's yeah, late where you're at, right? Yeah. It's uh 12, like twelve fifteen almost. That's dedication folks. <laughs> well, thanks man. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been always. a good time. Let's uh, let me run through the chat here. We've gone over an hour. I was actually only planning for a half an hour. I didn't think anybody was going to join me, to be honest. But uh, it all worked out in the end. I'm glad it wasn't uh, a widespread technical thing because I was. I always get worried about that. I always get a little scared. Like, gosh, one day this thing's going to come crashing down. <laughs> um, Roy picked up some trophies with his Duster and Roadrunner. This last Saturday, 178 cars were at the show, and he got into the top 50. Awesome. Put some more trophies in the garage. <laughs> Cameron, I work with this. He's a garbage guy. He sends me, uh, he's one of the guys who's like, hey, I know where this Mopar is. I know where this one is. Um, he's pretty reliable for that because he knows cars. So a lot of the guys at work will be like, oh, yeah, there's this old car. It's like, okay, well, what is it? <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you get yeah. the guys that know a little bit about cars. And sometimes they get the years wrong. Like I had a buddy who's like, I think it's a 69 charger over by this elementary school. And I was like, where? <laughs> so he tells me it's like a 72. And I was like, oh, God, still a cool car. It's got a giant six pack hood scoop on it. And I was like, still a cool car. And the guy just happened to be outside. And I was like, hey, is it for sale? And he's like, nope. But uh, <laughs> I'll be I'll be going back to make a video to uh, get some outrage from all the people that don't know who I am. <laughs> and they think I'm just trespassing on people's property. <laughs> Cameron says, cool, just don't let the black light do the talking. That's about that van. <laughs> Paul, <laughs> black light. There's always, every time you bring up a van, there's always black light jokes. <laughs> Roy says, uh, seen a decent step side tr truck today at the Sandblaster. He said, customer, just give it to him. I didn't ask if he would sell it. Wood bed was gone, floor was rough, but body was nice and it was a four by four with a 318. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, a lot of the short bed uh, two-wheel drive trucks are uh, starting to get up there in price. So people are starting to um, go towards the four by fours, which is cool. I, I want a four by four 10 girl someday. That would be awesome. Cameron again, he says, my girlfriend and I are going to recreate my dad's first Mopar 1970 Super B V code TX9 with Stripe Delete. Awesome. Poverty caps with red lines, except I want a four speed over the 727. Still keep it a super track pack recreation i can drive well cameron um i uh i believe you <laughs> nice <clears throat> that was weird i'm back i don't know what i touched but i panicked there for a second <laughs> i was like oh no <laughs> Matt, it's your show now. <laughs> I, I did one of those. I was like, oh, where'd it go? <laughs> uh, 
yeah, I accidentally clicked uh, leave studio. I don't know how the hell I did that. Um, yeah, Cameron, uh, he's a he's one of those guys where I know I can talk to him about Mopar stuff, and he knows. <laughs> you know, sometimes you talk to the guys, and they kind of they they fake like they know about Mopars. It's like, oh, he doesn't know anything about Mopars, which. You know, you have to find a Mopar enthusiast to have a conversation about Mopars with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or somebody that at least knows enough about cars where, you know, they know they know basic knowledge. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, when I was a kid, my, my dad basically used to we had like all the old like Mopar, like, you know, books. Where oh, yeah. Like, you know, just showed you each year and like what, what the models were and what the dealers <laughs> were doing. You know, it was all those books. And uh he used to just, I was probably like, you know, four or five years old. And he's like quizzing me, like, how do you tell the difference between a 68 and a 69? Like, Carnet. Oh, yeah. He's like quizzing me. He's like, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, the circle. Yeah. You know, side lights and this one. And just going off. And he, he, you know, that's basically how I learned. He was just, you know, we'd be, you know, watching TV. I'm flipping through a book. He's like, oh, yeah. Good job, Dad. Yeah. Good job. Solid parenting. I'll, I'll remember that for uh, when my daughter start. Hopefully she gets interested in this stuff because I would love for her to school some dudes. <laughs> that would be funny. Um, Cameron again says, uh, need help when you're ready with the wiring. I'm very good at it. Cool, man. Um, I will definitely. Uh, he offered to help me on the blue truck, but it was just one of those things where, like I said, it was a little bit at a time and I never got a solid day of actually work. I guess I got a couple, but nothing too crazy. Raymond says, hell, I'm looking forward to wiring after all the metal work I've been doing. Yeah, he's got uh, he's got the old bad habit, um, a dart, and uh, he's been doing some serious metal work on that thing. Um, that's uh, been a long-term project. So it's interesting that <clears throat> he's going to have to, he's going to get through all the wire or uh, all the metal work, and then he's got to do all the wiring that I don't, I don't envy that at all. Rust does suck unicorns i need to keep up i'm horrible about keeping up in the chat but we get caught in a conversation yep keep close to the <laughs> agreed no one wants to give away the good deals yep keep them close to their chest so they can buy them yeah man um there's definitely guys out there that know where all the you always you always can tell too because and some of them are my friends <laughs> they'll take pictures of these cars and you just see the comments blow up where is it where is it and <clears throat> Like, I want to ask where it is, but it's like, I don't have the money to buy it. So what the hell would I be asking for? But he's like, you're seeing all these people. It's like, are you going to buy it, dude? You really going to buy it? <laughs> so everybody wants it. Like, and I get a lot of criticism for that because <clears throat> what people don't understand is when I do these videos, I know that some of the things that I say are going to get tore to pieces. <laughs> but now I'm just embracing it because I'm like, well, I'm going to filter myself to appease you because... <laughs> Cause they get, they get mad at me. Like, Oh, you know, go buy it. If you think you blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm just, this is for entertainment folks. If, <laughs> like, if I really, but it's like the same uh, people that think that I owned all the cars that I was posting on the Mopar hunter page. Oh, geez. I'm like, man, if those are all mine, <laughs> like, yeah. Crazy stuff. Cameron's answering my question about vans personally to answer the question about the vans, muscle cars, then the custom van scene of the seventies. So who knows? I'd love to see them come back. Remember my dad's 76 Chevy van all done up 400 with side pipes. Cool, man. Yeah. It's definitely, um, 
a, a, a crazy niche in cars. <laughs> you got some, some guys in the vans that have been doing it since the 70s. And so now they're getting pissed off because they're like, oh, all these punks, they don't know anything about vans. <laughs> uh, it's it's a crazy, crazy um, scene out there with the way the vans are going. Because you got all these people, like we were talking about earlier, all these people that like live out of their vans, <laughs> you know, and they get paid on YouTube and Instagram and stuff. The van life. It's crazy. Uh, Cameron again, exactly. Unless you know, you can't get to it and want it to be saved before it's too late. Yeah, man. Uh, a lot of these cars that sit out there, it, I look at some of them and I understand where people come off where they say, Oh, you know, it's their car. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> you know, I get that. <laughs> That's uh, it's, my, my view on it is always, yeah, but are they going to get to it before it gets so far gone that it, they eventually just sell it anyway? You might as well sell it while it's still reasonably solid. Yeah. You know, dreamers, man. Like, I get it. I, that's why I let go of the Dart and my blue truck. Because I was like, look, I, I, I had the vision of them, but it was so far out that I was like, man, it's they're just taking up room. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I couldn't imagine having something in my yard like that. Uh, but I guess that's the difference. You know, somebody made a good point and they're like, you know, if you had a crazy car, let's say a 70 Challenger RT, you've had it since high school and obviously, you know, life goes on and you've kept the car, but it's starting to slowly rot into the ground. But everybody asks you about that car. Not a week goes by, not a month goes by, not a year goes by where somebody doesn't stop and want to at least talk to you about the car. And that is your only claim to even a little bit of fame in your entire life. Everything else in your life sucks except for that car. That car has brought you nothing but joy and people always telling you how cool it is and how they wish they had one. So that's your prized possession, but you don't have the money to take it back to, you know, where it should be. That is a sad story to me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah that, that would suck. You know what I mean? Like you just, you're in a single wide trailer and this is no, no offense to anybody that, you know, lives in a trailer or anything like that, but like you're in a, you're out in the sticks and you, you got that car, you've got no mortgage, you got a bunch of land and you got the car just rotting into the ground. And that's the, that's the thing that gets people, maybe you're a hermit and that's the only time you talk to people is when they ask you about the car, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I get that part of it. I just wish that people would be a little bit more realistic and like I said on Instagram, <clears throat> there's so many kids, man. If if I could go back in time to when I was a teenager and I could have gotten one of the cars that I was looking at for a little bit cheaper, oh, man, that would have helped me out a lot. <laughs> you know, and I probably would have, if I would have gotten a Mopar when I was 16, 15, 17, I, I definitely would have kept it because I would have, I was so obsessed <laughs> that I probably would have, uh, I'd probably still have it. I'd probably have, uh, it probably would have driven me to have more because I've noticed that once you get into that world, then the networking starts because then people are like, Oh yeah, I have one of those cars in my garage or in my shed when you're at the gas station or something. Yeah. Um, that's how those conversations get started. I know a guy who wore a Mopar shirt to the grocery store and a guy goes, Oh, you're a Mopar guy, huh? And he's like, huh? Y yeah. And he's like, I got a couple of those. So he starts asking him what he's got and he doesn't have anything crazy special. He's got a couple trucks or whatever and like a 69 satellite. It's like, cool, <laughs> you know, yeah. and you would have never known about it unless somebody said something. So that's why I try to, 
wear my shirts and stuff around, put stickers on my cars just in case. Just in case that one guy's like, yeah, I got one of those wing cars. <laughs> like, oh, really, sir? <laughs> well, We're friends now. About, you're about to have more stickers, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. I can't wait, man. That's going to be good. Um, Ian, great content as always. Thanks, you. Thanks, you. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Looking forward to hopefully joining the chat someday. Yeah, man. Um, this show will always be an open forum for my fellow Mopar enthusiasts. <clears throat> Paul says I should start hoarding 70 B body trunk lids. <laughs> There's a lot of B body stuff. People should start hoarding. Any and all man, 71 to 74 is almost impossible to find a rust free trunk lid. Oh, he's talking to Paul. Yeah. Um, I do not. Uh, wish that I had a 71 plus anything just because it's so hard to find parts for God. Cameron again, got a 11,000 original mile 88 laser turbo for free from my dad's friend in high school, drug it out of the bushes and towed it home, clean interior, threw a battery in it, fired up and drove. Nice. Sold it for parts as it was wrecked. Ah, guardrail kissed down the side in Ben's middle. That's a bummer. My dad's got an 88 blue Shelby Z that is crushed on the passenger side, but it's got the complete drivetrain. So we also have this... Um, 87 CSX that we're basically in a park next to the Daytona and take everything out of the Daytona and put in the CSX so that the CSX is back on the road. And if these people that I've been talking to really do come out with that rear wheel drive conversion kit for the Daytona, I'm going to try to find a door for that blue one and just experiment and see, see what happens. Maybe I can get a rear wheel drive was Daytona. It, was it Johnny Mobile talking or posting about uh, the old conversion kits for like the drive cars? Yes. Yeah. We were talking about that, and he's he's got all sorts of cool direct connection catalogs and stuff. Um, those are, I have never, in all my searches and um, scouring the internet, I have never been able to find an original direct connection rear-wheel drive conversion kit for one of those cars. Um, I'm sure somebody out there's got one that's in very good condition, and they're not letting it go. Although, it would be smart to at least prototype it, you know, and make a couple more and make some money. I'm sure their trademark or their uh, their patent for it is long expired. <laughs> Brian says, uh, too bad I'm at work. I would jump on. I got one hell of a story for you. One of these days, I'm going to do a Saturday afternoon live. That way I can get some more people on here. It's always tough when I do one late at night on a weeknight, especially. Ian says, I wasn't even around back in the days of cheap Mopars, but even in the 90s, I passed up so many good deals that I should have bought. I look at some of the car magazines like I know, um, what is it? Auto Week, I think, uh, had classifieds in the back for a while. And I've seen some crazy stuff in there, too. It's not just the Hot Rod Mart or Auto Trader. I know I have a stash of old Auto Traders from like the mid-90s that I'm sure have some crazy Mopar deals in them. Cameron, again, my uncle tried selling me his 68 Dart GTS 344 speed, B5 blue, all original, B7 blue interior, white stripe, 390 sure grip, no radio, no heater, factory, little old lady car from Pasadena, LOL. No shit, didn't even have drip rail moldings on it with the tandem white stripes that said swinger, though. Um, yeah, man, God, that would have been cool. I still would like to find um, an original big block A body. That would be... Uh, very cool. Hard to find though. Zachary, where are the Dakota guys at? I don't know. 
Side road's trying to buy one. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to say I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping to be one one day, but not not yet. Ian, exactly. I remember my chance to buy a Superbird. Yeah, God. I would love a chance <laughs> to buy a Superbird. Paul says, my parents test drove a Superbird, decided against it because it wasn't a good family car at the time. Oh, set the kids on the wing. <laughs> Take a ratchet strap. Strap them down. <laughs> 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 yeah <laughs> it is just a big uh, a satellite with a big wing on it <laughs> ian says thinking of all the missing pro street cars from the 80s and 90s yes they are all out there somewhere uh i've said it on this podcast before man those old old drag cars the nostalgic ones that still have a lot of the original stuff on them i love those things they're so cool ian says i definitely want to join the chat sometime yeah anytime buddy <laughs> yeah. Those Gen 3 Hemi rear wheel drive Daytonas are so sick. They are, man. They're uh they're cool. I like the ones where and most of the ones that I've seen have looked like they were built that way from the factory. They're so clean. I don't know what you're talking about, Paul. Okay, this is the last comment. Did you get the pick of the 70s uh 71 Roadrunner I sent you? No, I don't my phone is nearly dead let me see i'll have to share let me uh i'll take a look and see if i can find it brian but uh definitely uh i'm probably gonna go this is episode 98 of the podcast i'm gonna trim it up a little bit just because we had some technical difficulties um in the beginning but the audio will probably be out tomorrow because like i said i gotta edit some stuff um i'll put uh matt side road was the guest tonight so this is a this is direct connections. Hopefully we can get you back on, Matt. That was fun. Yeah, definitely. I yeah. still want to, uh, you know, challenge uh, Blake and uh, Matt a little bit. Yeah, let's uh, hold that thought. We need to get them on the show, and we'll t uh, and you you can drop that challenge to them. That would be fun. Yeah, um, a, little, a little incentive. Yeah. So Matt and Blake, I'm sure you'll be listening to this. There is going to be a challenge for you too. Um, and we need to, uh, announce that soon <laughs> because, uh, the contest is coming. So, um, with that said, Matt, tell everybody where they can find you and your work. Um, best way to find me is probably on Instagram, just at side road, uh, side underscore road and road as in Rhode Island, R H O D E, which is a very cool play on words. I thought that was cool. So good job on that. Go check out Matt's work um, and his car. Uh, good guy. And he joined me tonight when everybody but Steve tried. It was a great effort, Steve. So thank you uh, for giving it a shot. Definitely try again. Um, don't be discouraged, buddy, because he's got a he's got a fun story uh, about his challenger. Um, but yeah, that's it for tonight, folks. Thanks for joining me on this Monday Night Live uh, if you want to catch the audio version of this in podcast form, it will probably be out tomorrow night or Wednesday. Um, I'm going to aim for tomorrow night, but, uh, that's it folks. There you have it. My friends, another episode of talking Mopars live is in the books for everything you need to know about the podcast. Please visit talkingmopars.com, And don't forget that you can send me your Mopar stories, questions, comments, concerns, 
complaints, and everything else on your Mopar addicted mind to chris at talkingmopars.com, or you can leave me a voicemail on my voicemail box at 209-28-MOPAR, and I will play your message on the show. Also, if you enjoy this show and would like to show your support, there are a couple ways you can do it. One way is by picking up some Talking Mopars merchandise at the Talking Mopars merch shop, which you can find on talkingmopars.com, or by becoming a supporter through my Facebook page. Find me on social media by searching for at Talking Mopars Podcast, and be sure to subscribe to my new YouTube channel by searching for Talking Mopars Podcast. And don't forget to join me at Muscle Cars at the Strip in Vegas on September 10th and 11th, and at Holly's Mo Party in Bowling Green, Kentucky on September 17th, 18th, and 19th. I'll be at both events with some of my good friends and fellow members of the Motley Crew of Mopars, so be sure to say hi when you see us. That's it, my friends. Until we talk again, I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopars Live. Thank you for listening to Talking Mopars, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next time, remember, no Mopar left behind.